and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the fod- podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the third album from a New Orleans band called Special Interest, titled Endure, and it starts with a song called Cherry Blue Intention. formed in 2015 and their prior two albums are much more punk noisy kind of no wave style and this is the first record that caught my eye from them or my ear I guess I should say just because it has so much more of a dance groove to it and a lot of these songs just really have great hooks yeah this particular track is a really bold way to start this record it is not going to give you a chance to breathe. And I think that's really the energy that I think they want to convey is whether you're feeling up or feeling down, you're never going to stop moving. And, you know, this song is full of unease. It's all about desire and then concern that what you want isn't what you want. What you want is fake. Are you fake? It's all just layers and layers of uncertainty and artifice. And it's a party, but it, it deeply unnerving one yeah this record has the vibe of like a dark dance club where people are letting it all out including you know anger at political situations and their own interpersonal conflicts and it's anger that's directed in a way to make change and also create some joy yeah i i think though that we are starting here it's 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 you know i think kind of a trojan horse like here it's it feels very energetic you know, it's angry, but it's a party still. And this feels very personal. There's no kind of, I don't feel like there's a lot of politics, just like we want things. Maybe what we want is not going to work for us, but we're going to want it anyway and just get out there and live life. And it's it's a affirming message that I think rapidly maybe gets a little (laughs) undercut as the album goes on and we stay dancey, but keep getting darker and darker. And that starts right away on the next track. It's called, well, Herman's in parentheses house.
track is such a great opportunity, I think, just call out the versatility of this lineup because, you know, they may be technically a punk band, but the way that it's a lead vocalist who is Ali Logout, I think is how you say <laughs> their last name, and is so able to do really, you know, punk rock screaming, but then also dial it back to a pretty soulful kind of croon and then also this kind of spoken word house music table setting is really cool uh and nathan cassiani is this bass player and really providing the driving force for so many of these songs there's such a menacing energy here yeah i was gonna say menacing and that's the line on so many of these songs yeah and then i think that uh, in addition to and then a guitarist who can do really great flavor, I'll talk about Maria Elena more later. Uh, but then here, I think there's a chance. Like I love the contrast here between the bass and then instead of just a drummer, they have Ruth Muskelly, who is d- credited as drum machine and keyboards, and so able to deliver these super intense mechanistic drum beats and this very warm organic sounding piano that really gives this song like its warmth but an off-kilter warmth that I really enjoy and the song it has this kind of dark dance energy that's really fun I mean despite the sort of anger it has a real get on the dance floor feeling and it's about a very dark subject which is the collaboration between an artist named Jackie Summel and Black Panther Herman Wallace, who was imprisoned unjustly for murder for his almost his entire life, um, much of that in solitary confinement. And he collaborated with this artist on describing his dream house down to the littlest details. And she built it out in 3D modeling and eventually created a tabletop model of it. And, you know, this idea of being completely beat down and imprisoned and, you know, silenced, but still being able to dream and create something that positive that excites you, um, even from the confines of prison, I think is a lot of the energy that animates this album of being, you know, these these are, you know, uh, queer people of color who are oppressed by the system generally and see other people being oppressed by the system but want to take that anger and use it to transform into a better vision for the world yeah this is a fantastic message and this is i think the closest thing we're gonna get to a title track on this uh, record where you hear in that post chorus there's that endure endure kind of repeated again and again and that is that sort of message of yeah stick with it and then there's just this you know really touching but really brutal line of just like when i say build i mean dream like that that two sides of the same coin and some sometimes all you can do is dream and then yeah but that vision of maybe if you keep enduring it can become something real is really uh, powerful so the next song that we'll play is called midnight legend
talked before about Nathan Cassiani's menacing bass line, and in this song, the bass is just transformed into this really fun dance beat. Yeah, this is I I thought of this is kind of the poppiest song on the record sonically, mm-hmm. and it really I think lyrically undercuts that a little because there is very much this uh, the portrait of someone who is the life of the party going home when the sun comes up and that I just love the concrete as your uh, catwalk and or the concrete one way just for you and it's mm-hmm. just like it's like oh yeah you partied all night and now the sun is up and it's really kind of a bummer it, but the song is such an upbeat fun party song that it, you almost don't notice <laughs> yeah it's I feel like a lot of the mood on this record is about coming together collectively and if you want people to come together for collective action, you have to give them something positive to feel good about some of the time. And I feel like that that is this song here. It's just such a fun sing along catchy hook. Yeah, it is is for sure catchy. But then I think we do get into more in the bridge. There's a certain amount of like really starting to paint the picture of someone who's very limited, uh, very limited disposable income is going into overpriced handbags and party drugs and this is maybe not going to end super well, but also you get the sense that the singer is not condemning the person, but just saying like, Hey, I'm here for you when you want to talk, I'm here. (laughs) And so there is a, it's not dismissing this person. It's saying like, seems to be going through some tough times right now. I'm here. I'm here for you. This song was, they, they started writing this album at the beginning of the pandemic and they just happened to have a practice base that was large enough to do social distancing. And so they've talked in interviews about how, you know, that was kind of their only social contact at the time. And there wasn't a lot of, you know, ability to do much else. And so a lot of them missed the kind of collective fun of a dance club and being in those spaces and that that, made its way into this record of wanting to be a little bit more pop and a little bit more hooky. Yeah, I I will say this is where I I, I put a shout out for the videos from this record where uh, this is, I guess, the fourth track on the record. And the three three songs that we played all from this first bit all have videos. And the one from this is incredibly produced, has all of this story. There's a narrative, an entire like minute long intro. It's very impressively done. And features an enhanced section where they brought in some like a guest vocalist to do kind of a rap section in the middle. Mickey it's, Blanco. Yeah, it's really elaborate uh, and really, I think, fleshes out the story. So uh, shout out. And I think that's, again, directed by Ali Logout, not just a singer, also apparently pretty good music video director. So the next song we'll play goes in a different direction. It's called Kurdish Radio. Ariel 
love how this record, after lulling you into thinking it's a dance party, really pulls the rug out here where the guitar, bass, and synth that previously were kind of playing together and creating this synthesis of punk and dance music. Instead, each one finds different screeching discordant sounds and they're all fighting with each other. It still works as music, but it is very aggressive and very unpleasant and absolutely works for you know, a song exploring what it is to be, you know, if you're what is an old Zoomer in this day, I meant <laughs> you were you meant you were a little kid when the Iraq war was happening, and especially as a minority, that that vision of like, oh yeah, they're bombing people who kind of look like me to take the oil, and what that does to you to grow up from that, I, I can't even imagine, and I'm kind of shocked that I haven't heard more music delving into what that experience was like to grow up and be a little kid at that time. Yeah, I think this song attempts to connect modern day violence against people of color with, you know, exploiting other countries for and bombing them for their oil. I don't know that it's super successful, but it creates this really great kind of menacing vibe with the drone and the dissonance. And even uh, Ali Logout's vocals are very, even though they're singing, but it, it's very kind of within the same band or tone um and it yeah yeah. the vibe is very effective yeah well i I appreciate it though how very much it feels like it grows organically from Mm -hmm. what we heard before where it just seemed like each of the instruments is tweaked a little bit their sort of sound and then direction that they're pointed is a little Mm -hmm. bit different and the vocal style just shifts a little bit and it's a remarkably different effect and i love how I can kind of split it into three sections of the record where there's that dance section here. There's the scary industrial section mm-hmm. and we'll go through that and it get, we let's get just really political because this is the right sound for that. Mm-hmm. So we go from this form of terror to a different, also pretty unpleasant, but kind of awesome to track. It's called my displeasure. This song is so aggressive and is entirely to me about creating the sense of pervasive dread and hopelessness. And yet it is also so energetic. I love the contrast between these utterly screeching super industrial sounds with then what these guitar sounds that are actually really nice, like kind of 90s Mm post-punk guitar sounds. And then it's all over this 
driving bass and drums and all these lyrics about just I, like what is this the the terror of my displeasure is all that haunt me it's so scary and it's unpleasant and all these mentions of ter- oncoming storms and sirens and the utmost certainty of man's descent it's all just impressionistic and awful and yet they're finding transcendence there's this you know again they're enduring in the face of all of this dread and you just hear this breakdown of the bass and then it's great shit it's it's a heat wave and suddenly everything goes nuts and it's it's a party in the apocalypse and i i kind of love it yeah the the like driving force of this whole record is kind of a feeling of nihilism but also finding a way out of just giving up in despite everything that's happening and this as i mentioned before this record was written at the beginning of the pandemic when you know covid was happening trump was president um you know uh you know we had the black lives matter uprisings over police killing of black people there was a lot of tension happening and a lot to kind of feel like you were giving up hope about and i feel like this song captures that feeling yeah it's so uneasy it's so angry it's so energetic and i love that it's the longest most kind of amorphous song on the album it's maybe the least poppy song on the record and yet it ends with the most poppy kind of cliche of the gradual fade out over a repeated refrain at the end, even though that repeated refrain is make way for another coming catastrophe. Like it's the least pop sentiment. And I just, I love that touch of doing the fade out ending. It's fantastic. And I think a a fitting end for what I call the sort of middle section of the record, which is like very industrial, very angry. And then I think we pivot to a more, to me, more kind of classically punk or at least much more punk influenced section at the end of the record. And the first track that I think is in that mode is called Impulse Control. much more of the sound of the punk that I grew up with like it just has such a punk feel not only in the instrumentation and the vocal style but the subject matter of railing against these dumb trust fund kids 
and just kind of railing against everything and a system that oppresses you. Yeah, I know. This song is really fantastic, though, because it's like it's really I mean, a, it's just super funny. The descriptions of yeah. these kids like oh, you've got all these great ideas, but you're going to be fine and I'm going to be screwed. And, oh, we, you know, you've got a minor coke addiction and a budding art career. And and then it all comes down to they're saying, I've got no to low impulse or low to no impulse control and never saying what's going to happen when that impulse control ends. But it's pretty much spelled out by the sentiments expressed against these awesome people that uh, they're interacting with. So it's just this sort of implicit menace underlying the anger it's so great and i think the implicit menace paired with explicit menace is a good way to connect these two songs the one that we just played and the one that we'll play next which is called concerning peace that parts of this record are not just a call to revolution but provide a bit of a history lesson especially for younger listeners um the title of this song and the kind of refrain from it is taken from a late 60s stokely carmichael speech where he said he told a crowd we're not concerned with peace we're concerned with the liberation of black people we have to build a revolution and the sort of truism that you know, the way that you get violent action is when people engage in nonviolent protest and nonviolent action and they're repeatedly ignored and you're giving them no other option. Yeah, that very pithy way of putting it is violence is the only language I was ever taught to speak. And it's like, yeah, if nonviolence doesn't work and doesn't work and doesn't work, then, you know, the, you know, you have that horrible misuse of Martin Luther King by conservative people are like, Oh, he said, don't judge people on the, you know, on the skin. It's like, yeah, he also said that a riot was the language of the unheard. And there's a lot of unheard people. And this is such righteous fury. Yeah. The lyric that I really like is no one will ever rest in peace when their value is less than property. Yeah. It is brutal. And the sonic melding here of really, you know, I described that, how the first part of the album was very dancey, then it got super industrial. And here, that like kind of dance industrial is at full force, along with the barely melodic singing. And, you know, so much reminded me of the old, that weird super group Lard with uh, <laughs> Jello Biafra and a bunch of guys from Ministry. Uh-huh. And it was that same, you know, incredibly righteous, barely melodic singing over uh, the you know, highest end industrial music. And this is, has a similar impact sonically, 
But I feel like, you know, for all of Joel Biafra's virtues, you know, he's fundamentally a white guy. And so sometimes his anger felt like kind of intellectual exercise. And this is not that. <laughs> like, yeah. this is real. And it hits hard. Yeah, this album is not an easy listen, but it's remarkable the way it can span that emotional spectrum of anger and righteous, you know, calls to violence to, you know, admiring somebody who's the life of a party at the club where you can kind of sing along and it's got a really dancey beat. And there's just so much contained where I really think Ali Logout's voice and that bass line really holds the 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 album together that it feels very clearly all of a piece it's not just a bunch of pieces you know stuck together now this is very much you you get that feel of a band coming into their own that it's like oh these kind of each instrument is played super well i think they're really tight i know that it's really uh you know very nicely produced i guess they got um some like i guess uh james witten and colin dupuy who have produced a bunch of stuff that I don't have at my, at my fingerprint fingertips right now. I failed to write down those <laughs> you're, notes. You're sitting in front of a computer where I'm, you could have gig- Googled it I could. I could have done that, but instead I just like, oh, I wrote that down earlier. I don't need to look it up. Oh, wait, I didn't write it down. But I remember that it, the the uh, credits for those guys were very impressive. <laughs> and if not, if they weren't already impressive, they are now because this is a fantastically produced and mixed record. Like it has that feeling of being always out of control and it, it, it's never glossy, but it's just the right amount of clean. Like I, it's, it's. I think they're they're serving the material and, and cleaning it up just enough so that it's not in it getting in its own way. Well, yeah, the production has a lot of layers that you can hear. It, it really rewards listening on good headphones because there's a lot going on and there's a lot of kind of interesting production tricks that you wouldn't expect given the sort of punk vibe of some of these songs. Yeah, there's a lot of call and response vocals. I, I, I noted that when picking a section to play from this song that we didn't really capture that, but a lot of the songs have that where there's a lot of stereo effect where there's a voice in the right ear, a voice in the left ear, and this call and response. And then I think there's one even one track even with three different voices kind of talking in a conversation and it works. And I think that's hard to pull off and make it, you know, not, not show offy. And I think they do that in here really well. So if I could sum up this record, I would say it's an exercise in learning to party at the end of the world. And the last song that we'll go out with, uh, which is called L.A. Blues, L.A. No Periods, which I assume is Louisiana. There's a refrain at the end of it that the end of the world is just a destination. And I think it's it's coming to terms with that. And I think this record does a great job of it. So we'll go out with that, L.A. Blues. And you've been listening to us discuss the special interest record, Endure. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.
is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.